because I've never heard of Xenia, Ohio. But he is my friend, and, and I like uh, on occasion to be able to share with you uh, other uh, ministers uh, that have impacted me, but also just um, other voices. Um, we shared Steve Manley with you a couple of uh, months ago, and I just think it's good for you to hear other voices. Many of those will be saying the same thing I had, but uh, sometimes the, the guy that stands up here every week kind of gets old hat sometimes. And so uh, it's my pleasure to be able to share with you a guy that's pastored in the Church of Nazarene for 39-plus years, uh, David Ringheiser, and would you give uh, your attention to him this morning? Dave. Thank you, Mark. That's quite an introduction, getting blamed for whatever. <laughs> But I've been blamed before for whatever, so what's new? The last five months of my life, I probably have <laughs> laughed more, had more joy in my life. I mean, seriously, the last five months of my life has been unbelievable. Um, and, and I tell you what, I've made different sounds that I've never made before for a long time. I've had various looks on my face that I haven't had for a long time. Now, you're probably wondering, why all that? Why, why have you had more joy, more laughter in your life in the last five months? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because of these two little guys that came into our life. I'm a granddaddy, all right? I'm a grandfather. And this is Gavin and Garrett, and uh, they're twins, not identical. And uh, a number of months ago, my daughter came to the church office and uh, showed me a picture. It was a sonogram, and it had two little somethings in there, two little, <laughs> two little identities of twins. And my jaw dropped to my desk almost. And my daughter, Lucinda, <clears throat> she's a school teacher, uh, Franklin. Um, this has really changed her life. She stated this to my wife and to the family. This is going to be a family project. <laughs> and it has been. It's been a family project. These two little guys have kept our lives busy, and they've filled our lives with a lot of joy and excitement. Like I said, I've made facial expressions that I haven't made for a long time. And I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm thankful, Mark, for uh, having me come and brag on my grandkids. <laughs> I, I could just go on and on. Now, we took them on a field trip a little while ago. I mean, they're just like five months old right now. Our first big field trip, Dad didn't go. Lucinda, my daughter, went. My wife went. We went to see some family in Oskaloosa, Iowa. That's their first big vacation family trip. And uh, it's kind of interesting. We get five, about 50 miles uh, coming back into Dayton. One of the little guys here, uh, Gavin, he doesn't like infant seats or car seats. He hates them on that trip. He's getting used to that. But we were getting towards the home stretch, and all of a sudden things were going well, and the kids were pretty silent and all that. And then all of a sudden we had to stop because one of the little boys had to unload. And so we had to change a diaper. And I thought, well, this is good. Well, 25 miles down the road, just from Dayton, the second little guy had to unload again. So life has really been interesting. And then just recently we went to a, a little vacation down in um, uh, Hilton Head. And we took them with us, and they were on the beach. And I, I just want to tell you something. Their presence in my life has brought a lot of joy and excitement. 
But I'm not here to talk about my grandkids and some of you grandparents. I'd just like to see a show of hands. Who's grandparents out there? Come on, be proud, yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit later after the service, won't we? Okay. But I've got a one-up on you because I get to show you the pictures of my grandkids on the big screen. So. But their presence has made a difference in my life. But I come to you this morning and... Uh, Someone else has made a great impact on my life in the last five months. God's presence has been more real and more special. And I believe I'm learning something. We all keep learning. A renewing of God's presence. And I'm thankful for that. I uh, am grateful that we have a God who wants to be present in our life, first of all. It's not a choice that I've made. God, I want you to be present in my life. But the first invitation was, I want you, Dave, Janice, whoever you are, to be present in my life. I'm thankful for that invitation. And I am grateful today that I can proclaim to you that the Word of God gives to us that understanding and that affirmation that he wants to be present and real to us. A passage of scripture that comes to us from Jeremiah, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Also in John 17, 3, Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I'm grateful that God wants to be known to us. I'd like for us to take uh, our scriptures in turn, if you will, to Psalm 139. I'm sure many of us have read this. If you're new to the church and uh, you uh, are learning some things, one of the things we need to learn is these three attributes of God. So if you have a a little device. I oftentimes come with my little phone and open up the scriptures with that. Well, whatever it is, let's open our hearts to God's word this morning. And I'd like for us just to review for a moment from Psalm 139 that in verses 1 through 6, we have the omniscience of God. He's all-knowing. Just look at that for a moment. I'm not going to read it, but just scan over it, if you will. And then if we move down to verse 7 through 12, we have the omnipresence of God. We must understand he's also a powerful God in verses 13 through 22. And here's the thing. God does know our needs. He's, um, he's omniscient. He knows what's going on in our life. He knows what needs to be done in our life. He has the power to make the change in our life that's necessary. He always is there with us, guiding us, leading us, if we'll be sensitive to that. Now, I'm not really big on Facebook. I, I still just kind of get a little frustrated with Facebook, but uh, some of you, maybe, uh, some of us are older here this morning, of course, maybe you're into Facebook, but some of the younger generation, they're definitely into it. I want you to understand, God's got a Facebook. Here it is. And we thought the guy who came up with Facebook was original, and he's made a lot of money. Listen, our God has always had a Facebook. 
We just haven't identified with it sometimes. I have found through the troubles and the problems and the circumstances of life that it's an open Facebook for you and me to encounter. And let's understand that his desire is for us to really know him. Well, knowing God. Well, you've got to uh, become ordained. Well, you've got to have a, a college degree. You've got to have a master's. You've got to have a doctorate. You've got to go to a Christian college. I've known some people who go to all those things and have all those, you know, requirements, but do they really know God? And I'm so thankful anyone, no matter what education they have or don't have, they can know God and his presence. It's not just intellectual knowledge. It's not a mental assent to who God is. It's something that he does within our hearts, changing us helping us to realize he's real to us. Now, some people like to know about a lot of uh, celebrities. One guy wanted to know about Elvis Presley, and he never met Elvis Presley, but he bought all the memorabilia that he could, and he actually had a face change to kind of look like Elvis Presley. Let's understand, God wants us to know him as some people in this world today want to know about celebrities and what they're doing. Here's one thing I believe as we look at the Facebook of God is that God knows us first of all. And how does he know us? He knows us unedited. Now, if we would have on these screens here your life for this past week or past month, and we just would lay it all out on the screen unedited. All your thoughts, all the temptations you've had, the things you've said to your kids, your wife, to the dog, to whomever, the thoughts you've had, and we just put it on the screen unedited. You would like to walk out of this room very quickly, wouldn't you? Let's understand, God knows us unedited, and he still loves us. I'd like for us just to look for a moment at some scriptures here. You have your Bibles open, 139. You have your, your looking device open, whatever. Verse 1, O Lord, you have searched me, you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Let's understand the video clip of our lives unedited doesn't bother God. It doesn't bother him. I don't care what's there. What isn't there? He cares about us. He knows what we're going through. It just seems like we're into this unedited mode today, aren't we? You know, the reality TV, we want, want to watch people's lives, and how do we want to watch their lives unedited? And say so they put a lot of things on the screen that are kind of shameful, and it all, I think, started even back with, you know, Jerry Springer. People beating up on each other and all kinds of crazy things going on, and we got a lot of enjoyment. Well, not we. I don't think I did. I don't think most of you, but a lot of people, this is cool. Unedited lives. It's, it's a reality. And let's understand God knows us unedited. 
And he knows it's not from a distance like Bette Midler years ago sang a song about God knowing us from a distance. No, he knows us right up front. He knows the deep hurts in our life, the setbacks in our life. I remember singing a song. Some of you who've been in the church a long time, I've been in the church all of my life. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do, for the Father up above is looking down in what? Love. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little eyes. Now, I don't know if some people get an idea that God is like a big eyeball. <laughs> and all he's doing is he's looking down on us with judgment. That's sad. <laughs> I don't think David is referring to that. You can read this psalm, and you can feel very uncomfortable all right, convicted. Or you can read this psalm and feel very comforted. I think we need to read it both ways. God knows me. And he does have a loving heart and a loving eyeball. You know how mom and dad, and some of us as parents have given our kids the look? Or you know how your wife sometimes gives you the look? I don't like that. The look is, you shouldn't have done that. Why did you do that? God really knows us. You know, sometimes when we meet with each other and we're walking, you know, down the hallways in the church or we're in a particular setting, we, we kind of get the question that comes to us, well, how are you doing? And uh, kind of the, the answer we always give, oh, I'm doing fine. And the other day I met with some people, how are you doing? I said, not good. I'm not doing good. I'm hurting. I'm hurting bad. You know, God's asking us every day how we're doing, isn't he? And it's okay for us to say to him, I need you. I'm hurting. I'm being tempted. I need your help. The Lord examines us, and David is saying, Lord, examine my heart. Know me. Well, let's understand, God has done all these things. He searches us. He knows us. He understands our thoughts. He comprehends our coming, our going. He's familiar with all the ways of our life, and he even knows what we're going to say before we're going to say it. That may sound kind of like your spouse. If you've been married for 10, 20, 30 years, they already know what you're going to say. God knows, Jesus knows, the scripture teaches us the very hairs, the number of hairs on our head. Let's understand this, that only, not only God knows us, but he's also present. That's what I want to focus on for the remaining time together. He's an omnipresent God. Have you heard of this guy, Regis Philbin? Heard of him? It seems like he's everywhere. Every time you turn TV on, there's Regis. I don't know, there's people in our lives that may be the same way. Uh, we pastored at Parkview for quite some time. Uh, there was a guy, his name, I'll just say who he was, Chris Johnson. Call him CJ. It seems like CJ was everywhere, and he knew about everything going on in everybody's life. Well, one day, Janice and I went to an Ohio State game. We go to the highest elevated bleachers because we got the cheapest seats. No one's going to see us, but guess who we saw? CJ. I'm serious. Shocked us. I couldn't believe it. We never can get away from this guy. He's a nice guy. You know, he just likes people. And God <laughs> knows where we are and where we've been. 
And when I look at the omnipresence of God, I want to be comforted by that, but also convicted by it. And I like for us to look into the scriptures because it says here in verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. I rise on the wings of the dawn. If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness is going to hide me, the light becomes night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Let's survey the whole thing. All right? Let's kind of survey it. Well, where can I go from your spirit, your presence? And the answer is nowhere. God's going to be there. He's going to be there before you even get there. He's been there. He is there. If you go to the heavens, now let's just do a little test for a moment. You, you do know up and down, right? You know right and left. Some of us may be a little confused this morning. Where's east and west, north and south? I'm not going to ask you to tell me because I don't even know myself right now. But here's something. God knows all the directions. Where we've been, where are we going, and presently where we are. I'm not too good about directions sometimes. I, I just uh, have to ask somebody where they are. And sometimes I know that a man has this uh, thing within him that, you know, well, it's just around the corner. It's just down a few more miles, you know. And the wife says, well, you know, honey, it's just maybe we better stop and ask. Well, we don't ask. We put our GBs, G, uh, you know, GPS system into play or get our phone out. We, we, we're always looking for direction in our life. God knows our direction spiritually. Jonah got a little lost, so he got swallowed by a whale. But God didn't leave him go. I, I love that scripture passage in Exodus 33 where, where Moses, you know, just says, I, I can't go one step forward without your presence, God. He was so longing for the presence and the direction in his life. And I just pray that God would help us all this morning to long for his presence and his direction and whatever we've gone through and what we're going to go through in life. I want to give you something here, some implications of the omnipresence of God. First of all, it's this. God cannot be contained in a building or an organization. He cannot be. We want to try to contain him. I put it this way. God is non-denominational. God is not Republican or Democrat or whatever. God cannot be contained. We try to contain him. Second of all, God cannot be localized. All right? Well, God loves Buckeyes better than he loves, you know. I just, and even between churches and denominations, we do this. God is a global God. He's not red, white, and blue. He's a global God. Here's something, and this is where I really want to be open personally. God is always present. Whether we're facing the most upsetting circumstances of our lives, he's always present. Always I, uh, um, 
you know, we get shocks in life. We get kind of setbacks in life. We all do. We've had them. I'm in one. And back uh, in September 1st, my wife was diagnosed <coughs> with breast cancer. Well, that just kind of threw us for a little loop, like it would anybody. And uh, then it's, well, what has to be done? You know, what's, what's going to happen to our future? I mean, is it terminal or whatever? And so we go through that whole scenario, like most anyone else would do. Uh, along with that, we have some wonderful friends. Um, in fact, my wife and uh, John Barnes taught a class together at Parkview. Done it for years. And right after Janice was diagnosed, uh, John was diagnosed with a severe, serious brain tumor, cancerous brain tumor, wrapped around in his brain and in his spine, or the spinal that goes up to his brain. Um, it just kind of blew us all away. Um, the thing is, God's presence is with you no matter what happens in your life. And here's what I want to share with you this morning is that we need each other to affirm the presence of God. I, I really believe it's good to have people in the church and the body of believers there to pray for us and to come alongside of us. That's what we really seriously need. But we need each other to affirm that God's presence is going to go with us. And this morning, I'd like to introduce to you, and I felt led <clears throat> to have John and Lisa Barnes come and just share a quick testimony, a testimony of where God is in their life right now. And I'd like for them to come at this time. John uh, is retired. I want you guys come right now, if you will. And he used to serve uh, on the Dayton Police Force. Now, John's uh, a good guy. He kind of laughs a lot, and he's always made me feel good. And I remember a couple of times John would say, Pastor, is there anybody in the church you want me to rough up? <laughs> That's from a police officer. Okay, I'm telling you, no. He, a retired police officer, so that he can say that as a retired police officer. John has gone through some very severe surgery, and yet his diagnosis is still serious. And uh, I want to say this. Lisa's just going to share something else. But uh, Lisa has done some journaling all through what they've gone through, and she has referred to a, a devotional book called Jesus Calling. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And before this congregation this morning, I want to say that this precious lady has encouraged and blessed so many people through her journaling and her faith and trust in God. I'm one of them, along with many other people. And one day she said, Pastor, I've got something for you. It's before I left Parkview, or just while I I got this devotional book for you. And it has been very meaningful. And just before they share, I read this morning in this devotional, and just one sentence, or a couple sentences, throw off this oppressive burden with one quick thrust of trust. Anxious thoughts meander about and crisscross in your minds or your brain. But trusting me brings you directly into my presence. And as you thus affirm your faith, shackles of worry fall off instantly. Enjoy my presence continually by trusting me at all times. I'd like for them just to share. Good morning. Can everybody... Oops, excuse me. I guess that can clear me pretty good. 
Yes, my name is John Barnes and my wife, uh, Lisa, we've been uh, married for 31 years, been blessed. And uh, it's very interesting uh, to go through this. It's, it's called glioplastoma. Okay, now most of you are going to say, I never heard that because I never did, back until the end of September of last year. And it went uh, a situation where, you know, I'm kind of laughing all the way. I'm, I'm, I've been a born-again Christian since the mid-'80s. And uh, I went through this uh, situation, uh, uh, the hospital, my wife works. Sycamore. <laughs> so I, have to get, I always got to remember that. Sycamore Hospital. So I had to go down there and get, and get checked. And then after the, uh, uh, the end of September when I went through this, uh, I found out that, uh, you, know, my, you know, my wife comes out, she's crying, her tears are, you know, through this situation. And, uh, you know, but I, I'm, I'm trusting in God the whole time. God, whatever you want to do, it's up to you because you've blessed me tremendously. So I'm, I'm three years, I spent 30 years on a date in police department. I, I retired at the end of uh, 2008. And uh, so this has uh, uh, blessed me, myself and another gentleman. Uh, he retired on the Dayton Police Department as a superintendent. His name is Mark Stuzik. Many of you may know him, but he, we became involved in a, in a ministry called G to G Solutions where it was glory to God. It's stuff that we want to do as a ministry. Um, but anyway, so I get this thing, and then, and I'm in a hospital for 22 days, and I've never been in a hospital at all, and so I'm in for 22 days, and then I, I get out, so the last uh, nine months, I'm going through all this, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, if anybody's heard of that, it's a, it's rated four, fourth, so it's the worst that you can get, so sometimes, you know, God's in control of this. I have no, I, I am unbelievably thankful and grateful and love the Lord for this going through this situation. He's in control whatever he decides to do. I trust him with all my heart, and I've got nothing to, nothing to complain about. So this is a situation where I, I feel tremendously blessed. I know that sounds funny, but it, I'm blessed, and God takes me home. That's fine. If not, that's fine, too. I just put my faith and trust in him. I'm 57 years old, just turned 57, and uh, uh, I, I take it as a tremendous uh, blessing at this point in time, and I've gotten to know Pastor Dave and his lovely wife, and we've had a great uh, ministry together, so I look forward to it. But my wife has something she wants to share on this ministry, because she is, I have to tell you that if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here, because she wanted me to get checked, and I thought, well, okay, I did it for her, but and the, the end reason was, as a result of her wanting me to do that, then things have changed. Uh, and it was her blessing to start it out uh, uh, back at the last uh, Tuesday of September when, his, when it started. So um, I'll let her speak here a minute, and she can share with you her, her ministry. I'm not telling you how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> but John, he was only having headaches for two weeks, so, and then he started kind of talking funny. So that's why we kind of try to get him to the doctor and um, on that day, September 27th, um, I talked to the radiologist because I work as an x-ray tech. And I went in when they did the MRI, and you could see he had a tumor on the left side of his head the size of two tangerines. And, um, you know, he wanted to drive home to uh, let the dogs out and feed them. But the doctor said, you can't even get behind the car. We have a car. So we took him to the Kettering Hospital. And... Um, they pretty much said, you have a couple of weeks to live. So it just kind of hit us with a ton of bricks. Um, you know, we just, it, it was overwhelming to me. You know, my girls were away at college. I was by myself. I didn't have no, know what to do. 
the first day I get home and I'm overwhelmed and there's like 20 messages on the answering machine. You have two, 20 new messages and it's like, I can't handle this by myself. So um, I called Dave the next day and he was there within hours. Um, and he was there every day, at least twice a day, praying with us and encouraging us. And it's just like, um, I wanted people to know what was going on with John. His attitude was great. But um, I opened up a, care, um, a site called Caring Bridge just to let people know what was going on. And somebody the next day brought me this book, Jesus Calling, and it just like transformed my thinking. It's like I was feeling like I had to do everything by myself, but I, this book made me realize that there are people here to help you. You do not have to do this by yourself. Mm -hmm. God is with us every step of the way. Um, so it's just, it's been a journey. I know um, he was having an MRI every three months, but now it's down to every six weeks. Our next one is on Friday. So we're not sure what um, is in store for us ahead, but we know that we are not alone. And I just want to share one story. Um, um, during all this time, the people of Parkview have been wonderful. We had gone out to dinner one day, uh, one night, and we came home. We turned the corner, and in our front yard, which yard stakes, with um, messages all over our front yard. Messages of encouragement, of, you know, we're behind you, we're with you, we're praying you through this. And so it has just been a real testimony to know that we are, are not alone. And uh, God is with us every step of the way. Amen. Praise God. Let's give God praise. I think we should do that. Thank you. The presence of God, <clears throat> I don't know if we can say anything, but thank you, Lord, for your presence. Because what would we do without his presence in our life? I know that uh, some of you enjoy getting presents. So dad goes off for a little while, or maybe mom goes off, and they're away. And sometimes as a kid, we just uh, wait at the door, so to speak, and wonder, well, what are they going to bring me? Or it's Christmas time, or it's, uh, you know our birthdays, or it's our anniversaries. And sometimes we just wait around for someone to give us a present. I'm learning something. God is not into giving presents, but he's giving us his presence. And what more could you ask for? I mean, our kids right now are so loaded down with tech stuff stuff that mom and dad bought or grandma and grandpa got, and we've got to have our kids have all this stuff. There's one thing I want for my twin boys, grandkids, is for them to know the presence of God. So I've talked to them already. <laughs> I don't know if they've heard me. Uh, one of them gets all upset and wound up, and I've taken them aside and said, no, you know, look, God's created this beautiful world. And I'm talking to them. I, I just want to talk to my grandkids whenever I can about God's presence because that is what's going to see them through. Not being star players on the soccer team or the football team or singing a solo in the choir at church or school or whatever. All that stuff is good. Let's go for it. But when we go through the real tough times, God's presence 
that's what will see us through. God, our Father, thank you for, we've said it so many times, we've prayed it so many times, thank you for your presence. I've said it flippantly too many times. But help me to relearn, rediscover the awesome presence of God. It's a holy presence, it's a loving presence, it's an all-knowing presence, it's an all-powerful presence, it's a presence that we desperately need today. I don't want to run from it. I want to run to that presence. Lord, I pray that you'll help me as David made it clear at the beginning of Psalm 139, search me, O God, and even at the end of the psalm, he said one more time, search me, know me, Lord, and search our hearts today, Lord, we pray, that we are seeking the presence of God all the time. Forgive us, forgive me, God, for seeking my own presence or the presence of others instead of you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you.